how do you respond when you experience delays in life? How do you respond when you experience delays in life? Uh, Last Sunday, some very generous friends took um, Andrea, the kids, our housemate Brooke, and me to the Eagles-Giants game. And the entire experience was nothing short of awesome, um, except actually with two minutes left in the game, both of my children decided they had to go to the bathroom. But Andrea gets like wife, mother of the year award because I was like, just let them pee themselves. We're on the way home. Like just, and, but no, she took them to the bathroom. So God bless her. Um, but it was an amazing experience. Uh, but because we went to the game with friends, we didn't leave with what I usually call uh, the Cohen just-in-case buffer of like four hours for the start of all major events or trips to the airport. And so we experienced ridiculous traffic delays. And there was a point in the delay when I realized that we were going to miss kickoff. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that a wave of impatient anger like overtook my body. And at first, I just was like trying to figure out, okay, how do we overcome this delay? Hey, get around this person, just hit that dude and you'll be right in, you know, it's just like, and then when it wasn't working, I sort of just resigned myself to a sulking grumble. And if I think, I think if we're honest, that's the way most of us respond to the real meaningful delays we experience in life. You know, when we experience delays in the change of our own character, when we experience delays in finishing school or getting a job, when we experience delays in getting married or seeing our marriage flourish, when we experience delays in achieving, say, our financial goals or getting a sort of sustainable schedule, when we experience delays of our good desires, we often devolve into this sort of impatient, angry anxiety. And it leads some of us to make very rash decisions and others of us to make no decisions at all. I think if we're honest, we have a delay problem. And so as we begin our journey in Advent, I want to begin with this question. What delays are you facing right now? What delays are you facing in this season of life right now? Do you have it in mind? I want you to keep it in the back of your mind as we work our way through our passage Uh, because one of the central themes of Advent is delay. See, Advent is this Latin word that means the arrival of someone or something significant. And Advent is the season where we as followers of Jesus sort of enter into the waiting and delay that Israel experienced as they looked forward to the coming of Christ as we look forward to his second coming. So Advent is all about delay. And in Luke chapter 1, we're introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth who are experiencing one of life's most painful delays. Luke 1, verses 6 and 7. says, And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years." So Zechariah and Elizabeth are part of the righteous remnant of Israel. They love the Lord, they're looking forward to the Redeemer, but they've experienced now a multi-decade delay of infertility. 
But Zechariah and Elizabeth's delay is sort of a microcosm of the delay that all of righteous Israel was experiencing at this time. Just as Zechariah and Elizabeth are experiencing delay in the coming of the child they long for, so all of Israel is experiencing delay as they wait for the Redeemer who will bring them back to God, the Christ. You see, from the beginning of the Bible, from Genesis on, God has been promising that coming is the day when the Redeemer will come to crush the head of that devilish serpent, redeem us from our sins and bring us back to God. But at the time of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the Redeemer still hadn't come. To make the delay worse, at the time Luke wrote his gospel, it had been 400 years since God had spoken prophetically to his people through the prophet Malachi. So Zechariah, Elizabeth, and all of Israel are experiencing delay as they await the blessing of God, And so they have much to teach us about how we should live in the midst of our delays. And I think the main thing that God wants to say to us in the midst of our delays, he says through the angel Gabriel in Luke 1.19. It says, and the angel answered Zechariah, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. God is saying through Gabriel, take me at my word during this delay. The child that you long for is coming. And that brings us to the big idea of our passage this morning. Take God at his word despite your delays. Whether you're experiencing a delay with physical sickness, infertility, a busy season, a trying job, difficult marriage, trouble with children. Take God at his word despite your delays. Okay, so how do we do that? Our passage provides us with three particular ways. First, serve God during the delay. Second, pray to God during the delay. And third, Rejoice in God during the fulfillment. Take God at his word despite your delays by first serving God during the delay. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, And her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while Zechariah was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot, that's sort of like by the tossing of dice, to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense." So given the age that Zechariah and Elizabeth likely married and their current advanced age, we know that they experienced the multi-decade gut-wrenching delay of infertility. But do you notice how Luke characterizes the way they live during this most painful delay of what they want? He describes them as serving God during the delay. See, first he describes them as people who just obey God's word. 
They glorify God by loving him and obeying his commands even during one of life's most painful delays. Now, please understand, Luke's not saying they were perfect, nor is he saying that they were sort of right with God by their obedience. People in the Old Testament were saved in the same way we're saved, by grace alone, through faith alone, in the Redeemer alone. But the faith alone that saves never stays alone. It produces love for God and an ongoing obedience to his commands. You see, I don't know about you, but when I experience delays, I often rationalize that I will love God and obey his commands just as soon as this delay I don't like is over. But Zechariah and Elizabeth take God at his word despite their delay by serving God during the delay, obeying his word. But I think it's also interesting that Luke describes Zechariah as also during this time of delay serving God by simply performing his God-given responsibilities. See, when I experience delays, I often think, if I could just pull back from some of the responsibilities God's given me, especially the responsibilities to serve others, then maybe this delay won't hurt so much. But that almost never works. You see, we take God at his word even during life's painful delays by serving God during the delay. So with that said, do you have your delay in mind? Here's a question. What will it look like for you to faithfully serve God during your delay? What will it look like for you to faithfully serve God during your delay of fill in the blank? You know, the answer will likely be significantly different depending on your life stage. So some of you in this uh, room are students. Your whole life feels like an out-of-control paced delay as you're sort of working toward the life that you long for. And so maybe if you're a student, serving God during the delay means that you're not going to wait for a less busy season to spend time regularly with God through his word and prayer or to be committed to Christian community. You're going to serve God now, not waiting for another life stage because he's your life. Or maybe you're in a season where your vocation is just super challenging. Whether your vocation is um, outside the home or inside the home, maybe for you, serving God during your sort of vocational delay means I'm going to do my work responsibilities to the best of my ability as unto God, not unto my boss, without grumbling or complaining. Like, it, There's a reason why Philippians says that if you want to shine like lights in the world, just do all things without grumbling or disputing. Because if you've ever had a job, you know that the primary fellowship that we have at work is around complaining about that job. So if you want to stick out like a countercultural freak show at work, just don't complain. Everyone will be like, who is this person and why do they live this way? And so maybe for you in this season of vocational challenge, it simply means I'm going to do my responsibilities without complaining. Maybe you're single and don't want to be. For you, serving God during the delay of singleness will mean only dating people who know, love, and pursue Jesus, even though that is going to limit your relational options and likely prolong the delay. But you're going to use that extra time to serve God. Or maybe you're a parent. Like, parents, let's just be honest. Our precious little ones bring a million daily delays into our lives. 
But you know, the, the truth is that we don't deserve our kids. They're precious gifts from God. And parents, when they need parenting, they haven't done anything wrong. And so, so maybe in this season, serving God while you experience the constant delays of parenting is just gonna look like, I'm not going to complain that as a parent, my children need parenting. Instead, I'm gonna thank God for them and try to be just a little more encouraging toward them. No matter what delay you're facing, take God at his word despite the delay by serving him during the delay, not waiting till it's over. Now, secondly, take God at his word despite your delay by praying to God during the delay. Luke 1, verses 10 to 13. It says, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now remember, Zechariah, Elizabeth, all of faithful Israel is experiencing a similar delay. Zechariah and Elizabeth are experiencing the delay of the child that they long for, but they and all of Israel is experiencing the delay of the coming child that will usher in the messianic age. This child whose birth will sort of prepare the way for the Lord but do you notice what their delayed waiting actually looks like? It looks like fervent prayer. So what you have in this scene is this massive multitude of faithful Israelites gathered outside the temple praying for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in their lives as it is in heaven. They're praying that the Redeemer will come, that the Messianic age will dawn. And then Zechariah is inside the temple burning incense, praying this same prayer for God's kingdom to come, and he's likely also praying that God will give him the child that he longs for. And God in his grace answers both prayers with one kid, and his name is John. You, you might know him better by a name that was given him during his ministry, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, who ushered in the messianic age by preparing a people for the coming of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. But don't overlook what the angel actually says to Zechariah. He says, all this is happening because God has what? Heard your prayers. Luke is reminding us of something that Luke loves to remind his readers of all throughout the Gospel of Luke and in its sequel, the book of Acts, and it's this. Often our greatest breakthroughs come on the heels of our greatest commitments to prayer. See, no matter what delay you're experiencing right, right now, God means dependence through your delay. And prayer is the language of dependence. So here's the question. Will you pray during the delay? No matter what delay you're experiencing, will you pray during the delay. Now, I'll be totally honest with you. When we were trying to get into the parking lot and get to the Eagles game, and I was infuriated by this delay, I'm a little embarrassed because my housemate Brooke is like right here, so she can just tell you that is what happened. But look, here's the thing. 
I never prayed once. You want to know why? Because I needed to get something done. I needed to get into the parking lot. What am I going to pray? i got to accomplish something. As though I'm alone in the universe, God is powerless, and prayer is just like not a thing. But isn't that what we do in our delays? Like, how do I solve this immediately? Yeah, I know prayer, sure, but sure. This is a God who created the heavens and the earth. You see, we live between Jesus' two advents. His first advent has happened, but we await the final advent of his coming kingdom. That means life right now is going to often feel like delay. When we're waiting for the coming kingdom, life feels like delay. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in my situation, in my character, in this family, in our neighborhood, this city, and our world as it is in heaven. So the question is, will you pray for God's kingdom to come with specificity in the midst of your delay? If the answer is yes, I want to give you just three quick tips for praying in the midst of delay. Uh, The first one is pray with others. Uh, Every week after the sermon is over, there are folks in the back, uh, a prayer team that would love to pray with you. So one really practical thing is today, just go to the back after the sermon is over and tell them your delay. Say, this is the delay I'm facing. Will you pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done in this very specific delay? That's why we do our pre-service prayer meetings, why we do our quarterly prayer nights is because we want to be a people that come together and ask for God's kingdom to come in Philadelphia as it is in heaven. Second tip, uh, write your delays down. I love to just write the delays I'm facing on three-by-five prayer cards. And then just daily sort of give God no rest on those delays. God's a good father. He's going to either give you what you're asking for or what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. Prayer puts his promises in motion. And so write down those prayers. It's also a great way to see his faithfulness at work. I don't know about you, but I often like, I'll pray for a delay and then it comes to me and I'm on to the next delay. The prayer cards help me like look back and go, wow, God was really faithful in that situation. Finally, and this is, I think, the most important one, let God's word shape your prayers during delay. Uh, In 2019, starting in January, we're going to launch a Pray God's Word program. What we're going to do is send out an email every week with a passage of Scripture and a guide for how you can pray that passage of scripture individually, as a family, as city groups. And the reason we're doing this is because we think one of the best ways to pray is to pray God's word. But praying God's word is especially important in seasons of delay. Because seasons of delay usually reveal discontentment in our hearts. They reveal things that we desire. It reveals that we desire the end of the delay more than we desire God himself. And so praying God's word is a way to let God's priorities shape our prayers. Because God's priority in our delay may be to end the delay, but it's definitely to transform us into the likeness of Jesus. So pray God's word during your delays. So taking God at his word despite our delays first means serving God during the delay and secondly praying to God during the delay. Will will you pray? But then third and finally, taking God at his word, despite whatever delay you're facing, means that we rejoice in God during the fulfillment. 
We rejoice in God during the fulfillment. I don't want us to miss what's maybe most obvious about this passage, but what's most often overlooked, and it's this. This passage has already been fulfilled. This passage is promising a child named John who will usher in the Messianic age. That already happened. That means you and I are living in the time of fulfillment, the time of joy. So let's look now at what God promises through the angel to Zechariah will happen when this child John is born. Luke 1, verses 14 to 17. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice. You get in the repetition of what's important. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Uh, Turning to the Lord their God for Luke is almost a technical term for converting to faith in Jesus. And he will go before him, that is, go before the Christ, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Now, verses 24 to 25. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach or my shame among the people. Who will this John be? Well, let's look at the verses again. Who will this John be? Well, it says that he's going to be great before the Lord, set apart for a special work of God, filled and empowered for ministry by the Holy Spirit like Elijah was. But most importantly, John is going to prepare the way for King Jesus, much like the prophet Samuel prepared the way for King David. And what will happen after the time was fulfilled and John actually is born and lives out his ministry? Well, again, let's look at verses 14 to 17. We see that Elizabeth, John, and all who take God at his word are going to have joy, gladness, and rejoice. We see that he's going to turn many people from their sin to loving the Lord. See that he's going to cause fathers to turn to their children, which I think is symbolic for people living in peace and righteousness toward one another. He's going to turn the disobedient to wisdom. He's going to make prepared a people, a community for the Lord. And he's going to take away the reproach or shame of the people. In other words, when the time of fulfillment comes and John arrives on the scene and ushers in the messianic age, he's ushering in an age of joy that has not been known since the Garden of Eden. It's an amazing promise that Zechariah has experienced and received from the angel. Let's see how Zechariah responds to the promise. Luke 1, verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak. I just, by the way, I just love that. It's like, look, John, you're not going to, or he said to Zechariah, I'm getting these names all confused. Zechariah, if you're not going to speak about the good news that I've told you, you're just going to be silent. (laughs) 
that was like a rebuke to me as I was reading this passage. Like, if I'm not going to open my mouth and speak about the good news of Jesus, I might as well just be mute. But God is faithful. He says, and behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words. Then look at that last phrase. Which will be fulfilled in their time. Zechariah responds to his, to God's word during his delay much like all of us do. He's cynical about it. Have you ever been there? You're in a season of delay, things are challenging, and someone brings you God's word, and you're polite to them outwardly, but inwardly you're thinking, couldn't you have brought something relevant to the situation? We often are just like Zechariah. We respond to God's word in the midst of our delays with unbelief and cynicism. And yet, though Zechariah is faithless, God remains faithful. And the child is born. John, nine months later, comes into the world. And he is the forerunner of the Christ, calling people to repent because the king and his kingdom are coming. Now, John is not the redeemer. The only redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ because only Jesus Christ perfectly took God at his word despite all delays. Jesus took God at his word even to the point of death, death on a cross in our place for our sins to redeem us and bring us back to God. So don't miss this wondrous news of Advent. We're living in the time of the fulfillment. That means that whatever delay you're facing is not the truest thing about you. The truest thing about you if you're in Christ is that fulfillment has come. The worst delay is over. The worst delay that all of us deserve and face is the delay of judgment and eternal hell because of our sins. But Jesus has taken the reproach of our sins. He has taken the judgment we deserve upon himself on the cross and he died for it, canceling the debt of our sin. And that means that the worst delay is over and all delays you're facing are temporary because the king has come He's lived, died, and been resurrected for you. In him, you are adopted as God's son or daughter, and the kingdom is coming, and all your longings will be fulfilled with a new heavens and a new earth. The worst delay is over. The fulfillment has come, and even your delays now are temporary. And that means, yes, we are living in the age of unparalleled joy. So will you rejoice in the fulfillment? You're living in the fulfillment. Will you rejoice more at the fulfillment than you grieve over your delays? Will you believe that the fulfillment that's been spoken over you in the gospel is truer than whatever delay is troubling you right now? You see, that's what we remember when we partake in the meal of communion. Communion is a meal that Jesus has given his followers to remember that the worst delay is over and even the current worst delays that we have now are temporary. See, the communion tables, we tear off a piece of bread symbolizing Jesus' body that was broken for us. We dip it in the cup symbolizing his blood that was shed. And we eat it and remember that because Jesus has taken our place and our judgment on the cross... We are free of our sin. The worst delay of judgment is over. But when we take this meal, we're also remembering that one day we're going to eat the marriage supper of the lamb and the new heavens and the new earth. And the worst of our current delays are only temporary. 
See, the only way that we can be a people who actually rejoice in the midst of life's painful delays is if we know down into our souls that the worst delay is over through the gospel and this current delay is temporary. And so let's respond now in worship and partaking in communion to remember that the gospel frees us from the worst delay and makes all current delays temporary, amen? As we're partaking in communion, as we're worshiping, remember to invite others into your delay by heading to the back for prayer. I also want to ask you, if you're a follower of Jesus today, uh, to um, ask God to spontaneously bring to mind any words of encouragement that might build us all up as we experience life's delays. If God does bring something to mind, maybe you're worshiping God, God, is this something you want to build up this people in the midst of their delay? Come to the front. We'll weigh it according to Scripture, communicate it as appropriate. But if you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, maybe you haven't yet given him your sin, received his forgiveness, maybe you're still trying to maybe be good enough to sort of cooperate with God and get him to let you in, I want to invite you, instead of coming to the communion tables, to come to the end of all that. And to come to Jesus today and embrace him as your only hope in life and in death. If you're not sure how to do that, there's even a sample prayer in your Connect card that can help give you language for embracing Jesus as Lord. Remember, that prayer won't save you, only Jesus saves, but that prayer helps give you language. So friends, let's rejoice now. We're living in the time of the fulfillment. Soon all the delays will be gone and we will see Jesus face to face. We have every reason to be a rejoicing people, amen?